This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's our weekly podcast here from the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex on the south side. Tim Benz with Chris Adamski this week as Buzz is pinch hitting for Joe Rudder, who is, what, jet lagged from Los Angeles? Is that what I understand? Got a free time zone, just trip there, trip back, all within, I guess, what, not even 72 hours, what, 60 hours, whatever it was. Yeah, he uh, got in a little late, so I'm, I'm willing to, to, to pin, like, like Broderick Jones, is that what I am? My Broderick Jones? I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but we'll get to that maybe. It depends if Joe comes back yeah. next week. <laughs> and it, I, I guess he automatically gets his job. You, you can't lose your uh, Tom on Tuesday job because of uh, fatigue, I guess, or injury. Well, based on how Mike Tomlin talked about Dan Moore, I guess we might not see Broderick Jones again unless it is injury, huh? Yeah, I, I would. <laughs> I sort of backed out of getting a more expansive answer from him. I was going to ask him if, if that was sort of the case, that there's pretty much no way they'd make a change at left tackle this year, barring just a total collapse by Dan Moore. But he seemed to get his point across that he was not willing to really talk about that a couple times. And uh, But, yeah, Dan Moore, hey, the proof's in the pudding. He, he was out there first-team reps all last week. There wasn't any There wasn't any you know debate that was obvious to anybody practice watching it or anything uh you know whether or not they discussed it at some point whether or not but it sure seems to me if Dan Moore coming off an injury you know before a bye week they were willing to put him in left tackle they must really prefer him over Broderick Jones at this point in time this season so I tried to go down the rabbit hole with Mike Tomlin relating to the first drives the first quarter second quarter drives is there trying to be exploratory when it comes to figuring out what the other defense is doing and why there's such a split between the first half offense and the second half offense. And it's funny because so much of this discussion mirrors how people tend to praise Mike Tomlin 
for how he tends to rally his team in the second half of seasons when they so frequently get out to such crappy starts. Uh, it seems to be a similar thing week to week with the offense. Crappy start, much better in the second half, make it a game or win the game. We've seen that a bunch, especially when it's been leaned on for Kenny Pickett to get one big drive for a touchdown or a game-winning field goal. And certainly it doesn't hurt when the offense frequently puts them in good positions or even scores a few points themselves. As it relates to what they need to do better on the scouting end or what they need to do better in the first half, you know, maybe it's less about caring what you get the other defense to show. Maybe it's less about so conscientiously trying to get the opposing defense to tip their hands so you really see what the Los Angeles Rams are going to do on third down. And maybe you just throw it up top to George Pickens because you think he can beat their other their best cornerback. You know what I mean? Like Maybe it's just about going for a big strike to hit a home run because you think you can. Yeah, it was sort of a little bit revealing how much he um, sort of pounded on that the Rams wanted to, to stop the run uh, narrative or, or, or talking point or everyone put that uh, throughout today. And that's sort of uh, dictated and they adjusted to that, I, I guess, is the way he's, he's sort of articulated that. I, I do think I, the Steelers have been pretty straightforward, even all offseason, all the way from uh, Omar Khan down to Matt Canada to, to the players about how they, they wanted to build their team a certain way. And I think part of that is a mindset to keep the game close and, and not make mistakes and things like that. I think that has to play into this, right? I, I think in some way, um, if we're seeing, I, I don't know, will that translate? But they aren't so clearly better than anybody that they can just rely on their execution yeah. being better in a tie game yeah. in the fourth quarter all the time. No, you're, you're right. And I don't, it's a, just like it, it always, even back when Ben, and this is a totally, it's a different different uh situation here but when ben was always good in the no hut or, or the hurry up i don't think you can translate that to a 60 minute game or every single possession i don't think that that's the really the way it works i don't know if you can take that kenny pickett that we see uh, in the final drive in the fourth quarter and, and translate it the rest of the game per se but I, I i just think that whether it's spoken or unspoken or conscious or un- subconscious whether that's the way sort of the quarterback is approaching things early in the game like i it's better off we keep going three and out than i throw a pick six i, I mean that is crazy as that sounds maybe. right but maybe the best answer is you just put a bunch of plays out there that you think are going to work that are good for you that you run well yeah, yeah. that you to that you tend to do anyway in the second half why not do it in the first quarter so you're not chasing the game the whole time yeah and like you said i, I don't think that the steelers are going to be that much better than somebody that that that, that they should be worried about the scheme or worried about this or, you know, in, in the first, if that's really what they're doing. I, I, I you know, I, I mean, everybody has to, to a point, I, I guess, obviously you adjust, you, you see what the other teams are doing, but I, I don't know this. The, I, I hope that that's not really their mindset. We are going to use the first quarter to see how the other defense is playing us. And then we'll, we'll do better from there. I, I, because if they do, I, not everybody. Yeah, goes, I, I do think there is some cause and effect though, to yeah. what you're saying that they are so comfortable and so desirous to be in close games and so willing to be in close games that one hand washes the other. Now, one thing that I think would help the offense is that even if Pat Fryermuth is out for as long as he is out, don't forget the other tight ends exist. 
yeah, we're, we're, what is this now? I mean, it's crazy. It was at the bye week, and that was, what, five weeks into the season. I, I had the stat, and it's one of my favorite stats of the season so far is that uh, I was because I happened to be doing it Thursday night. I was writing about this. Uh, I was watching the Chiefs game. Travis Kelsey had more receiving yards at halftime of that one game than the entire Steelers tight ends core had over the entire season through five weeks to that point, four guys to that point. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's a – you know, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, the Darnell Washington thing, is he going to be a receiver or, or receiving threat? I don't know. I mean, you, you think at some point he would just get some targets out of just by accident, right? Three it's- targets out of 54 routes run going into L.A. And the, the production is, you know, we've seen Connor Hayward make, but he made a big play last year as a rookie against the Falcons. So I know he can do that. You know, he can be a receiver. Pat Fryermuth, even when he's healthy, yeah. 0.6 yards per route run. I mean, it's it's telling. I, I don't know the, the middle of middle of the field. Uh, it has always been kind of the bugaboo in, in terms of the offense and, and the complaint with the offense. There's, uh, I get that you're down, but you're right. It, it wasn't like Pat Fryermuth. He had the two touchdowns. So in, in some ways, in our fantasy minded world, he was still productive because he you know he led the team in touchdowns for most of the through this four foot. But that was it. There wasn't any other uh, down to down from that. And I guess if, if you know, look at the fourth quarter, right? I don't know. Did Connor have a catch during the fourth quarter? Yeah. Uh, yes, he did. Okay. Um, so he I mean, set up the Najee touchdown, didn't he? And the offense was—that's right. And the offense was productive um, in that quarter. I, you know, you don't necessarily need it if you're getting it from other places, but it's sure at one of these weeks you're going to need it, right? It, 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 going back to matchups or how teams are approaching you, one of these weeks, especially. Probably sooner than later, other teams see this production or lack of production or lack of targets toward the tight ends. They're going to, they might be open in that sense. Then you better hit them when they are open or when they're not getting any attention. Based on how ragged they looked going into the bye, even though they were three and two, I thought coming out of the bye, I looked at this four game set before they got into divisional play as its own thing. The three home games, starting with Jacksonville and then going through Tennessee and Green Bay but actually starting with the road game against Los Angeles. I looked at that as sort of a four-pack, and my thought was, well, they'll probably go two and two, and uh, they'll probably lose to L.A. and Jacksonville and beat the other two teams. And then I realized that was impossible to be accurate because that's what should happen. (laughs) So they've already thudded that by beating Los Angeles, and uh, now they've got Jacksonville, which, you know, made uh, I thought going into the bye that they wouldn't beat Jacksonville. Jacksonville's given me no reason to change my mind there. They've won four in a row. They're playing pretty well after a rocky start. But I'm leaning towards picking the Steelers. I don't feel great about it. I, I see like 22-21 in my head, <laughs> something like that. Uh, I do think that if they can put what they put on tape against the Rams out there, I think they can do similar things to the Jaguars and win that game. You're right. I, I, I almost feel like kicking myself going back because I, I thought that was last week I would have been all over the Rams, and I saw that the public was all over the Rams. It was the most bet of any point spread last week was the Rams covering against the Steelers, and we saw what happened. Yeah, if you saw this four-pack, you would probably think uh, Steelers don't really match up too well with the Rams or Jaguars and may, maybe win the next two after that. And It'll probably not be the exact opposite of that. And, hey, you know what? We could sit here, and I tend to – 
uh, guffaw or, or mock, like it's not not real. It's not, but it, they keep doing it again and again. So at some point, we got to kind of buy in and think that that's the way the Steelers are going to win, right? I, if you're going to watch the game for better or for worse, you have to think get to the fourth quarter. If it happens this often, I mean, that's pretty. It's five games in a row going to last season. They've been trailing heading into the fourth quarter by, by a score or less. Sorry, by by a possession or less. They had the two they had the blowouts losses this year. You know, nobody's coming back from those. Um, but that's five times in a row when you go in the fourth quarter down by a possession and you win the win the game. I mean, that that dating back to the what would that be? The game before the Raiders game last year. Regardless. Um, you know, you talk about identities or whatever. I, I don't know. Is it fluke? Is it luck? Is it circumstance? I don't know. But if it keeps happening in and again, maybe this actually is what the Steelers are. Maybe this is relatively sustainable. I don't know. Yeah, it's sustainable if you don't want to make the playoffs or if you don't <laughs> want to win a division. I mean, <laughs> you get blown out by 30, 30 to 7 every three weeks. Then uh, yeah. they're going to produce one of those here coming up, I guess, judging by the pattern. So uh, maybe that's it, too. But I don't think it'll be this Sunday. Um, you know, there were ways that Stafford hurt the Steelers. He used his weapons. He got the ball out fast. Uh, they gouged him in the run game when they were allowing themselves to be gouged a bit, and the, it was not like the Rams were incapable of running the average about four and a half yards per run. You know, looking at the Jags, I think Lawrence might hurt them in different ways. He can run. Um, Stafford can't do that. I don't know about his weapons, though. Like, I, I look at Jacksonville, and they are struggling to get Ridley involved. You know, Tomlin went out of his way to talk about Ridley. But Ingram, the tight end, is the guy with the most catches. And then Kirk has the most targets, yards, and touchdowns. And uh, Ridley's nowhere to be found in that regard. In fact, they tend to use Etienne in the passing game as much as they do Ridley. They just can't get him the ball. And Kirk's kind of showing, I, mean, I still don't know if he's worth the contract he got, but at the time, everybody kind of, like, what's Jacksonville doing, given this, you know. He's sort of like Deontay. Yeah, I guess there's something to be said for that. He, I think he is leaving maybe a little more explosion. I, I mean, uh, judging by... When I say man, like him, I just mean like him in terms of production okay. and what the money is. Yeah, that's true. He, he's kind of around that range. So you bring in somebody, especially when you have a, a you know a younger quarterback, younger offense. Um, but, I mean, the Steelers, again, they, they seem to get, whether it's... I guess you could say the number one receiver each time. Um, I, I, I don't know. I guess Puka is not necessarily the number one. They seem to get torched by a receiver every single week, right? right? No matter whether it's the well, top Well, that's what guy. I'm wondering. So now is this yeah. where Christian Kirk gets blanketed and all of a sudden Ridley is the Ridley one that hurts the them? One. Um, <laughs> that would be the pattern. Yeah, you're right. And, and I would That'd be what Puka did, except Puka's good. <laughs> That would seem to be the type of receiver more so. Although I, now that this is like this fluid situation with the secondary and in, in terms of who's, I wonder if we'll, it was just a dime package and that was it for Joey Porter. And it was like, oh, he played more. Well, it was just the situation in the game. And, you know, they try to pass it off as that. Now it actually, we are seeing it morph in terms of, and I, I think maybe even, maybe not this week, but within another three or four weeks, you might see it even more so where maybe Patrick Peterson is playing more nickel or more safety and Joey Porter's out there more and more and more. Uh, or maybe Levi, or maybe it's not. Maybe Levi Wallace is less and less and less, and they can stick with you know Shannon Sullivan or whatever in the slot. So, in other words, I don't know if that's a response per se to the troubles they've had against them. But I mean, again, for, for being a fifth round pick, I mean, first of all, Puka is really like you know things like that fascinate me in the draft. How that guy falls that far. And you know what? What, what was the or whatever it was? And call it. I don't know what it was, but I mean, you look at this, the catches he's making, the, the strong he is, the, just the route running, everything's there. So, and he's been doing it to every team he's played, pretty much. Last thing: what's their record when they face Cincinnati and Cleveland at the end of the month? When they get through these next three games, what's their record when they go back in division to play the Bengals and the Browns on the road? 
six and three? Do they win all four of these games? Are they seven and two after all the ripping we've done of them? Are they actually seven and two when they go back into their divisional games? Yeah, I guess I guess the instinct wants to tell me they'll, they'll win two out of three. Although, yeah, it's six and three. I, I feel like five and I feel like five and four is where the Steelers are. That would be right. I mean, that's just what Pennsylvania in the five and four every time heading into Thanksgiving yeah. or whatever it is. So I, I guess I'll. I feel like they'll beat Tennessee. They'll lose one, and it'll you're, feel terrible. You're right. You're right. So, they'll probably beat Jacksonville. Everybody will get excited, and then they'll lose on the Thursday night to Tennessee or something. Yeah. Malik, Malik Willis will beat them. <laughs> that, that, that would be <laughs> something. Yeah, I'm going to go with one and two. I'll, I'll see oh, one happens. and two. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. It's Chris Adamski in for uh, Joe Rudder. By the way, this thing with like all the AFC North teams being above 500 right now, everybody's talking about they're 500 or better right now, all the AFC North teams. It was week 14 of last year. The AFC East had all four teams above 500, and they only got two into the playoffs, and one of them was Miami by a tiebreaker over Pittsburgh. They're not going to get four. People are talking about getting four. They're not going to get four. They might get two. It's interesting the way it's played because Baltimore has played three road games in the division already, and they have all three teams coming back to home. They won two out of three. The Steelers are 2-0 and in the division. Cleveland played a bunch of home games, period. Um, so it, 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 The schedule has been different than I feel like it usually is. Uh, Let's uh, go. We're all getting used to the 17-game thing. That's, that's, that's probably yeah. part of it because you have the nine home games. So now they'll end up losing all the ones we think they'll lose, and then they'll come back and win in Cincinnati. Yeah. And, you it's going to come down to two out of three on the, on the road. At the end of the season, two divisional games with a road trip to Seattle sandwich in between. All of a sudden, uh, that, I don't know. Maybe, I don't. I watched a lot of that game. It's just biased the recency. But the, the Colts game is a lot scary to me right now than it did before. I, I know. The guard, we'll I'm figure gonna, out what day it's on first. <laughs> well, that's yeah, yeah. Then I'll do it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, Dan Moore, also known as Joe Rudder, here on Breakfast with Ben's.